2: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery
1: on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
0: 971 FM Talk Podcast. The Any Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods.
2: That is exactly what I needed
0: to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's Right, you need to take the time
3: and get the full picture.
4: Don't get me wrong. I love the ladies. I mean, they read my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. What do you want from me? I'm not a married sweet Goodness
2: sake, Jeff. Yeah. Keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the
3: radio. I'm not married because high.
0: This is the Annie
5: Fry Show. If you think that Instagram is not hurting millions of our young people, particularly young teens, particularly young women, you shouldn't be driving. You're becoming like my most stable relationship. I've said
2: Well, it's Thursday, so we like to welcome Tyrus onto the show. He's a regular on Gutfeld, Fox News contributor, and his special now streaming on Fox Nation, Tyrus, is here and now. It's a stand-up special. I highly encourage you to check it out. Tyrus, welcome back to the show.
5: Hey, what's up? How
2: are you? I'm okay. Uh, I watched yesterday Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, Mark Zuckerberg, um, Kennedy there, Senator Kennedy, talking about social media with young people. This is something that I talk about quite a bit with my four kids and we have a poll every day. Today's when should minors be able to participate in social media? And I know that you got kids. I know that you've got a perspective on this. Uh, I, I don't think it's talked about enough. And I want to just give you kind of an open opportunity to discuss parenting today when social media, the Internet, phones, all of that, every kid wants it as soon as they can possibly get it. They don't really even know what they're asking for. What's your thoughts on it?
5: Well, that's bad, bad parenting. Uh, you're using the tablet. As a pacifier so you can have your time and um uh, <clears throat> understand that your time is their time so that's what early bedtime is for so that would be my other thing the, the thing, this is all a joke it, the, the whole thing yesterday was watching it and it's really insulting americans intelligence this is not a hard fix at all and and the fact that all these so-called educated people are in the room they know the you want to fix so You want to make the internet safe for children and all that other kind of stuff. It's real simple. Uh, everyone who is on the internet has to have an ID. That's it. It's real simple. You're so, okay. you're
2: okay with the idea of having uh, to have a real person attached to what is there on the internet?
5: Well, you need to hold them accountable for when because the internet's being used by predators and it's being used by uh, organizations and companies to go after children to go after uh, some of the most blessed with Intelligent Americans. And um, I cannot tell you how many times I get messages uh, from people saying that I just talked to you on Facebook, and I'm like, I'm sorry I don't have a Facebook. Uh, I just, you promised uh, my family to uh, meet and greet and all this other kind of stuff. So people, and that's on a small scale. But the biggest issue I have is when I mean, children get on chat zones and they get on stuff. If, if you made, if you and I sat down right now and we made a uh a handle for a 14 year old girl and went on a chat zone i think it'd be less than five minutes before you would have uh, men in their 40s trying to talk to them it's outrageous them to be children so when i hear them say all the things they could do the easiest thing to do uh, you have to have a, to drive a car in this country you have to have a driver's license to have a vote in this country you still have to have a driver's license and to get online you need an id or if you're going to have somebody at say 16 with parents permission with a connection to the parents uh, social media. So one, you can hold parents accountable uh, for what letting their kids what they're surfing on the internet. And at the same time, there will be the the, the pedophiles and the sex traffickers and the and the the people who are trying to fleece and, and calm and steal. It's really difficult for them when their fingerprints are attached to what they're doing. Mm. So and that's and that to me it's there's a no brainer. It's not that difficult. You want to You want to be on uh, X. You want to be on Facebook or whatever provide an ID uh, so that you can, you're allowed to say whatever you want, you're allowed to, you know, whatever your your deal is, whatever's in your bag is fine, but when you get violent or you make threats or you pretend to be uh, 13 years old trying to coax a young person to meet you at a restaurant somewhere, it will be a lot easier for law enforcement to track it down. And uh, probably what's sad is that the profits they get from the fake accounts and the algorithm accounts and the bots uh, is more important than American children's life. It's not more important than China. Mm. You know, it's they, high, they, I, their kids are gone for four hours, and they only can see certain things, and they protect their children. I don't know why it's so hard for Americans uh, to protect our children.
2: You you mentioned the profits, and, and that's the thing that really irks me, is that there is a financial interest that exists for these big corporations um, these big conglomerates like Facebook that also owns Instagram and Oculus or whatever all of those different things are, meta. And Google is in the same kind of boat. Like these these really gigantic corporations, they need, they need eyes, they need clicks, they need views. And it, they don't really have to discern the age of those views in order to profit off of them. And so when we hear yesterday Ted Cruz showing... The he at the hearing he had a blown up a blown up um, board that showed that somebody was about to access something that was likely to have like pedophilic content behind it and one says like get help here and then the next one is view content anyway if you go back and think to the election in 2020 what well, social media censored because we weren't capable enough on our own to view things like the Hunter Biden laptop but we still have this view anyway button for pedophilic content i mean you got to ask yourself who what kind of master are these people serving it's out it is outrageous to me
5: i think the real question is how much profit is enough you know for these cfos and ceos who run these companies how many million is enough for every child that has been fooled who has life's been ruined or murdered um Parents whose children have been kidnapped, who have been lured because mom and dad are working. And again, parents have to take some responsibility in terms of what their kids are watching. But at the same time, when the system is designed to bait children in with pretty colors and cool games, and every game leads to another game, uh, and every game, oh, you can only go so far unless you buy this. So what they really need to do is just come out and say, hey, we don't give a damn about you and your kids. You're going to buy our products anyways. So travel at your own risk. I, I would respect that.
1: Mm-hmm. But
5: to sit there and say things like, I apologize to the family. You, you don't care. And you made sure you said you're sorry for their loss, not opposed to, I'm sorry that uh, what was supposed to be originally made to where you can go on dates in college uh, has turned into life-changing and negative ramifications. Oh, well, you know, if you crack a few eggs, and so be it. You know, and they're, and it's just, I think it's embarrassing, and that's the word I use to be an American. right now. I think we're embarrassed on the world stage when a, a country like China, who we know uh, with some of the human atrocities that they do, but even with all that, they draw the line with their children. I think- they protect their children. And I, I'm just sitting here like, I just, it's, as a parent, it's like I just have to say no social media at all for my mm-hmm. kids uh, because even like kids' YouTube somehow, some way, uh, you'll end up a click down a wormhole and you'll end up somebody somewhere else. Right. So um, nothing safe. Just, they just but they don't care. And I just, just say it. Just say we, listen, this is our product. We make so much money that a couple of kids get missing each year it isn't a big deal to us. Because that's that's really what it is. Because you know, this is not hard. You gotta have an ID to be on Facebook.
2: You know, Tyrus, okay. I think you're, you've you've done this before when we've had this conversation. I think it's really important because we see these hearings between government with the Senate and the big CEOs uh, with Mark Zuckerberg or whomever else it might be. You always still bring the focus back to the parent because you're the first line as the parent. You're the first line of defense, and in many cases, the only line of defense for that child. And when kids, I was saying this a little bit earlier in the show, but I've had parents say to me, like, yeah, I didn't want to get my kid a phone, but I finally caved. And it's like, wh- don't cave. Just don't cave. Stand your ground. Be unpopular.
5: Books still work. Take a little longer to get there, but books still work. And listen, I'm, I catch all from my kids. I mean, they, well, my, my friends are on Roblox. My friends are on it. You can't play any online games unless I'm with you. and uh, You can't. Um, we don't have social media time. Uh, very, very little time and it always has to be supervised because back in the day we used to have a parent who would stay outside and watch the kids play on the street because they are afraid of the man in the van well now the man in the van is online posing to be an 11 to 12 year old girl who wants to hang out so and it's not just one because now with the with the power of the internet and connections and networks they form groups, they share information and parents are just sitting up so they think oh he's just playing online with some friends and the kids get uh, addicted to the games they get addicted to the the uh, content and then you know next thing they know, they oh i made a friend and i'm going to meet him tomorrow after school and he's my age and then you know then the tragic story is when we have another kid you don't think mean, they do the milk no cards anymore but and that's the ugliness of it and um i just don't i don't understand it yeah. it's not it's not in, it's not it taking away anyone's freedom to make that account. If you're going to be on social media, you need to provide an ID. So you can, in case you are up to nefarious reasons, mm-hmm. it's very easy for law enforcement to track you down. If you're not doing anything illegal, you shouldn't have to worry about it. But there's no real reason for a ghost account other than what? To troll people <laughs> and harass people. I mean, there's, you are you know, it will ask like what? There, there's some special agent who needs to search. No, sorry. And, and dads and, and husbands and wives who want to be uh, cheating and stuff. Why does that have to be made easy for them?
2: I don't know. I, I know we got to do something about it because the the ability for people to access children and then these companies who make children a commodity, uh, you're not going to do it with my kid, but it, even the children who are having overprotective parents, which is what I would probably be considered and I'm okay with that, sometimes those kids still find a way around it too. And,
5: and they'll sit next to the kid on the bus who doesn't have that yeah. or they'll, that kid at the school who will come to school and we'll show all the fun stuff that they're seeing and doing. So it's like I said, it's, you, as a parent, you can only do so much. And when it does happen, you have to reinforce the rules. You don't want your kids to be scared, but you want them to be aware. Yeah. You want them to understand that there are monsters. That the monsters are not uh, fictitious fantasy characters and dinosaurs. they are human beings out there who want to be harmed to you, and they want to lie and, and trick you. And it's the same thing with finances. They prey upon um, the older part of our society where they – send them emails and befriend them or lonely people and they get them to send them money. Uh, somebody did that pretending to be me saying, I couldn't afford to get paid for my divorce. And the lady had to help me to, because my wife was trying to steal my money. Um, and I was like trying to steal, she's already got it. So it's just kind of, it's, it's just kind of, when you hear them and you're like, how could you fall for this? You know, Oh, Tyra couldn't video, uh, FaceTime me because his phone, his video was broken his phone. Right. But I work. You don't think I am working the jobs I have that I can afford a working phone? Right. So they just get caught up in the attention of it, and that's the sad part. But again, it just goes back to if that if this wasn't an option, if America took a stand, and like if you're going to be on social media in this country, it's just like meeting people. It's just like going to places. You go in the library. You have a library card to take out the books. You want to go to a sporting event. You want to buy alcohol. You got to show ID. So I don't I don't see the problem other than the fact that it would tremendously hurt their profits. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I appreciate your perspective on it because the conversation needs to be had and people need to be making these suggestions and standing up for it in order to protect uh, each and every one of our children. I'll certainly do that for mine. And Tyrus, I know you'll do the same for yours. Thank you for being with us here today. It's good to have you back.
5: Oh, well, always a pleasure.
2: Talk to you soon, Tyrus. Bye bye. He's a regular and Gutfeld Fox News contributor and his here and now stand up special is streaming on Fox Nation. Check out his book, Nuff Said. Let's take a quick break. Stewie's going to come join us in studio. He is going to talk to us about the Fed and what they're doing with rates and give you the information you might want to know about that area of our economy. Good to catch up with our friend Stewie. We'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Inflation CPI averaged in the eights. Yes. And the Fed didn't do anything until March. Mm -hmm. So at this point, we
3: accommodate, we applaud the Fed Mm -hmm. for the uh, 18-month tightening campaign, moving the rates back up to 5%. Mm -hmm. The biggest mistake that could occur at this point is premature accommodation. So the Fed cuts and all of a sudden you get a temporary spike in inflation. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden now that's... more volatility for the market. That would be the
5: biggest risk.
2: Okay, so what does that all mean? Whenever I hear people talking about the Fed and that area of the economy, what they're trying to do to slow the economy or to set the economy on fire, I just talk to my friend Stewie because he knows all this stuff and I am not an expert at it and I don't pretend to be. And so he decided to come into the studio with us to discuss it right now. The president of Stewart's American Mortgage, my friend Stewie, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to have you. Um, so the Fed met
3: they they met and they did what they typically do which is nothing <laughs> They, is, no, just, is
2: doing nothing something?
3: Sometimes, I mean, in this, in respect, right now, I think it's a big mistake. You know, we hear people talking about we know we know the inflation numbers are down and they continue to drop, so we're down to about two point nine percent, the lowest pretty much since since COVID or well, since we got out of COVID, and that's improving things. But they're saying because of the growth reports of the economy, saying that we're still strong,
0: mm-hmm.
3: we don't want to go ahead and cut the rates. So th- their incentive to cut rates which stirs up lower costs for borrowing, in turn, convinces you and I to go borrow more money to buy cars and other items. Start spending again. Start spending again. So their biggest concern is, hey, we don't need to do that because the economy is doing pretty well. Why should we worry about cutting rates right now? Let's wait and see if this drop of inflation continues to carry itself down and continues to go down. On the flip side, though, you know, employment is kind of slowing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we know about UPS. They went they knocked out 12,000 jobs. And even though you hear reports that employment is somewhat strong, if you take the government sector out of that, employment is actually getting pretty weak. So, So,
2: I mean, it's what the Fed is always trying to do is it seems like they're always trying to cause a reaction what they go and raise a rate or you know cut rates that the point is to try to move the economy. They're always kind of trying to put their finger on this side. Now they're trying to put it on that side. When they're standing still, is does it mean different things if they're
3: standing still it different means times? It means they're being cautious. okay. Uh, you know, the Fed historically has made a lot of mistakes. So they've raised rates when they shouldn't. They've cut rates when they shouldn't, and the the responses, the economic responses, have been pretty bad when that occurs. So now they're going to say, "Look, we're not going to jump the gun." And just mm-hmm. because we see inflation dropping pretty steadily over the last couple of months, it's still not our two percent target. We want to be we're at two point nine percent. We want to be at two percent. We see mon- monthly fluctuations in that number. Sometimes it goes up to three point one. Uh, December was higher than November. So overall, they say. Where we want to see some more long term, you know, things going in the right direction in order for us to be convinced we should we have to cut rates. And they're not incentivized to go ahead and cut it right away because the economy is still staying strong. If the economy was defaulting, our GDP was going down, we're really getting in trouble, we're entering a recession, then they say, Oh my God, you know, things are yeah. getting pretty bad. We gotta cut we gotta cut those interest rates to stir up more economic activity. We're not there. Uh, I think it's a mistake. I think that they can cut those rates. I think that inflation going down is just a natural event after a pandemic over a couple of years. Supply chains pick up, economy picks up, people go back to work overall. I think they, they can cut those rates, but're they're, they're probably not going to do it here in March and that's causing skittish in the markets. Mortgage rates though have been continuously sliding. So mortgage rates are dependent on the long term, prospect of where interest rates are going to be a year, two, three, four, five years down the road.
2: So when we hear that the Fed is raising rates or cutting rates are not doing anything, I always like to ask the super basic question, Stewie. And I always tell him, like, explain it to me like I'm three. (laughs) And he does it for me. But when we hear that the Fed is going to raise rates or lower rates, mortgage rates, which is what you deal with at Stewart's American Mortgage, that is downstream from, that's not the direct, that's not the rate that we hear the Fed talking about.
3: The Fed, the Fed fund rate is the borrowing cost between banks and the Federal Reserve of banks and banks. So c- banks are responsible have to keep a certain amount of cash on hand every single day. They have to keep that in order to be liquid. So if there's a big run in the banks, they can take the money out. That's a requirement. But the bank's biggest business is to lend money on a short-term basis, car loans, installment loans, credit cards. So if they lend all their money out, they don't have enough cash, they have to borrow from the Federal Reserve or from other banks in order to go ahead and meet the cash requirement. The amount they have to pay, the interest they have to pay on that money when they borrow it is the Fed funds rate. That's controlled by the Federal Reserve. Now, if they go ahead and raise that rate between banks, they're going to turn around and raise it on us because it costs them more money. So that's how they kind of try to control the economic conditions in our country. Does it have the impact that we would like or that it should have? Not as much today as it used to 50, 75 or 100 years ago because now we're a worldwide economy. So even though they raise or lower those interest rates, Mm -hmm. you know, you've got Ukraine issues with supply with grain, and you've got this issue, and China, and Japan. And so all these other factors play in, and it's a lot harder for the Federal Reserve to actual impact, but that's the main tool they have. So they don't want to jump the gun, and they don't also, at the same time, they want to you know keep in their pocket any type of ammunition that they have for the future. Long-term interest rates are, hey, you know, even though the Federal Reserve are, isn't cutting the interest rates today, we know ultimately they're going to do that, or we're going to end up in a in a hot water and a recession, and yeah. that's what they don't want. So we're, we'll see things improve.
2: We're talking to Stewart's American Mortgage, uh, my friend Stewie, uh, Stewart Rosenbloom. He is the owner and operator of Stewart's American Mortgage and a great sponsor of the show and has been for uh, years now. Uh, very reliable. I'm a two-time customer of Stewie. Now, I've done refinances with you twice And this was back when rates were below three. So I have a great rate with you because you were saying, Annie, you need to do this now. You need to get this locked in rate. I'm very grateful that you told me to do that. But I hear you telling me now off the air that there are a lot of people out there who need to take that same advice because if they got a mortgage in the last, what, year, 18 months, two years? I would
3: say in the last 12 months for sure. If you got a mortgage in the last 12 months your rate is 7% or higher, or you have an FHA or a VA loan, Mm -hmm. you should refinance right now. You know, we have that bagel loan product, which is no closing costs, so if you do it, you save a quarter, half, three-quarters percent on your rate. doesn't cost you anything. That's what I did twice. Uh, so you did it twice. A bird in a better than two in a bush. So some folks will call us and say, hey, I think they're going to go a little bit lower. Well, what if they don't? If the Federal Reserve comes out in three months and says inflation creeped up a little bit, maybe we're going to have to raise rates again because y- y- you guys have experienced this. You know, one minute they're one way and one minute they're another way. At least you got the best of what it is today. If they lower rates later on down the road rates drop, you can always refinance for free with us either way. So if you got that mortgage in the last 12 months, FHA or VA for sure, conventional loan if you're over 7%, you need to refinance right now. Loan amounts over $200,000 does not cost a dime. Mm. Take advantage because later on you're going to say, I should have, could have, didn't yeah. do it.
2: Yeah. And I, I really stand by as a customer of The Loan myself, how great it was to be able to get that locked in lower rate and not have to deal with the higher rates that existed before. I think, uh, I think that we almost cut, it wasn't quite cutting my rate from the, the beginning to the end in half, but it was a significant decrease, which is going to save me a ton of money over the course of the term of that loan. Um, but you also work with people who have really, really high credit card debt. And I think that going back to the part where you were saying about jobs and pay, we had uh, one of our listeners who's on here with us regularly said that he is somebody who got recently laid off they cut 10 percent of the staff at the place where he works sometimes you end up swiping that credit card because you have to then the credit card debt the rates on that right now are outrageous you have a way of helping people who have found themselves in credit card debt that they can't get ahead of to have a very discreet private conversation with them to help them have the peace of mind of having a plan.
3: Uh, we actually have a funny uh, ninety seven one listener story. We had a husband and wife came in. They incurred sixty thousand dollars of credit card debt. They never had that a year ago. Yeah, they circumstances it. sixty thousand yeah. dollars. So the wife came in 15 minutes before the husband and said, look, there's $60,000 in credit card debt, but my husband doesn't know. Oh, no. Is there a way to do this? I said, look, we can't do it you know, without somebody knowing, but there's an application he has to e-sign. Uh-huh. So apparently he didn't know at that particular time. By the time we came to close, she kind of explained it to him. But by that time, their payment actually went down $100 a month from what they were previous paying with the debt consolidation that Mm -hmm. we did, and that improved their cash flow tremendously. Interest rates today on on credit cards, 22, 23, 30% I saw. So that's not going to go down that much over the next year or two, three years. Do a cash out refinance, maybe keep your payment the same, or maybe lower, your cash flow will definitely get improved, and put yourself in a better position in the future that the rates do go down, you can do it again, and it won't cost you a dime. So you gotta be smart with your finances. And there are tons and And honest. And honest. I
2: mean, I, you can be smart, but you can't be smart until you're willing to be honest.
3: Yeah, th- this does happen, unfortunately, <laughs> time from time. Yeah. But you know, you have to look at your total picture. And there are some customers out there that got that three percent or three and a half percent rate. If you have a large amount of debt, mm-hmm. if it's fifty percent of your mortgage balance and you're you're not you don't want to consolidate it because you're worried about your three percent interest rate or three and a half percent, it's a foolish move because if you average the interest over those two debts, it's way, way above 10, 20% that you're paying overall. So you got to be smart financially and make the best move. And remember, money's there for quality of life. It's not there just to save money. If you if you go on with life and you can't pay your bills every month, hey, I got a great 3% interest rate, but yeah. you can't live. What What's that worth? What's a good so thing? you got to consolidate. Remember that, that the quality of life is more important than the dollar. That's yeah. the bottom line.
2: So before we let you go, Stu, I know that you are always trying to look ahead and it's an election year, I would assume, I mean, the Fed is supposed to be independent of the administration, correct?
3: Supposed to be.
2: Okay, yeah, we'll just say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the Fed is supposed to be independent, but I would assume that the Fed can pretty quickly make things feel better than they actually are in a, by making a move or making a change or something like that if they wanted to see a certain political outcome. Does that happen?
3: I think that the the chair of the Federal Reserve Chair Powell is more powerful than the President of the United States. Really, I think he can come out in his group and say, you know, interest rates are gonna go up, we're gonna raise them, or we're gonna lower it, and that has a more immediate life impact to everybody that walks on the streets. Even though you may not feel it for that second, prices go up. All of a sudden, you got more debt. You have to make higher payments. You can't buy that house. All these things come into play, and and they, it's tremendous amount of power. Now, whether he's influenced by third parties, I think all politicians to some degree are influenced by third parties. I'm not alleging that anything specific, but you got to know that that they are impacted by other, you know, other sources and other indices. But. You know, we have to wait and see what happens again.
2: Are election years crazier than non-election years?
3: I think there's political pressure not to allow interest rates to continue to rise and to go down because who wants to go into an election saying the economy is terrible and people can't. Make their payments, and interest rates are up, and you know that's a big discussion factor. So I think there's going to be some political pressure there to lower those interest rates. But we have seen this a little bit, and this particular chairman is not totally susceptible, in my opinion, to to political environments. Uh, I believe he was originally uh, assigned the position f- from the Trump administration. Before that, I may be corrected, but I believe that was at that particular mm. time that Powell was put in. And, and they had some points of contention between them. So I'm not sure exactly where he holds on a political landscape, but I'm sure that he gets pressure from both sides. And in an election year, you're going to see that argument go from one side or the other, depending upon where we are. We're not in a good place right now. I mean, that's the bottom line. So whether it's we're going to be in a better place six months from now remains to be seen.
2: Here's a comment from a listener. Luckily, most people are employed and their wages are keeping pace with inflation. Is that that true?
3: uh, No, I I think overall wages, if you look historically, where wages have gone versus the inflation rates, in general, we're now at 2.9%. I don't think, uh, you know, last year was 8%. I don't think people were getting pay raises of 8%. 8 You got to remember, when you had inflation and things went up 8% for the last year or two, Even though it's down to 2.9%, it's 2.9% from the previous year. It's not like it reversed the 8% that you got. Correct. So the wages historically have not, in the last year or two, have not been corresponding to the inflation numbers. And they haven't come down. So we're seeing on the mortgage side, more debt being incurred by people. I had one customer that incurred in one year, perfect credit yet, $80,000 in credit card. I asked him what happened. He goes, nothing. We just all of a sudden... Couldn't pay couldn't our bills. What you were doing. And we had this and that. They lived a, mo- a modern middle class lifestyle and all of a sudden they couldn't make their payments. Yeah. Yep. So it's happening.
2: That's the story over and over and over again, which is why I implore you if you're listening to this right now, if you found yourself in a situation, it doesn't have to be 80,000 or 60,000. It could be to the place where all of a sudden you've realized, like, I don't know how to get this back under control, whatever that is for you. Or if you're looking to buy a home, make sure you contact my friend, Stewie. I am a customer of his. I speak from personal experience of working with him. You won't find anybody better. Stewie, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. We always appreciate you. If you want to call him or text him, 314-324-4440, you can Google the Bagel Loan to find out more information. We'll take a quick break and be back in just a minute.
4: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
2: Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. No more guests, so now it's just us.
4: What a letdown. (laughs) For you? Whoa! This is where
2: you get to shine, buddy. I guess that's
4: true. This is my time. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Shoot, let's let's go. Shoot! Let's go. Shoot. 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 You kidding me? Come on. Man.
2: (laughs) Hunter just asked a question. Has Annie been randomly spraying Lysol throughout the show?
4: Yep. <laughs> Your hair has got to be having, it has like a film on it now, this right? Because it's just all over. The
2: thing that frustrates me is that Tuesday, no, Monday, when I went home to take care of Jensen, I Lysoled the heck out of my house. I had to have inhaled it. Why didn't that help me not get sick? I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> that really either. I should have.
4: Why don't they start making doorknobs out of Lysol? Like, why don't they just make the whole plan out of the black blocks? You know, Seinfeld. No, I don't. <laughs> the black box always survives. Why don't they just make the plane out of the black box? That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> He's on to something there. That's funny. Yeah,
2: I, didn't I mean, Seinfeld. yeah, it's
4: Jerry Seinfeld, so it's good comedy.
2: I watched Barbie yesterday. Did you see that message I sent? I did. I wept.
4: I didn't know that movie was sad.
2: Did not. Neither did I. I was a pretty... Pissed.
4: <laughs> can, can you share what is so sad about it? You've the never movie? seen it, have you? No. I do want to see it though. <laughs> uh, Aesthetically, it looks amazing.
2: Leah, if you've seen the movie, come in here. If you haven't seen the movie, you don't need to come in here to tell us that you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um The movie So I I am clearly not hip when it comes to pop culture. I'm clearly not the person who like w- when something goes out there and everyone's got to see it, I am not interested in being the first. I'm not I- that interested in being around a bunch of people who are that into the thing.
4: Yeah, you don't listen to Doja Cat or anything. Or Doja Cat. Or Doja Cat. Either of them. Or Black China. Megan the Stallion. <laughs> right, isn't, Megan the isn't, Stallion. Didn't Black China become like a Christian? And... Yes. I have no idea. No, I mean like- I know the it, she's,
2: Like that's a like,
4: really cool story. She went back and deleted a bunch of her old posts and was stuff like Was this recent that.
2: apparently? In the last couple of years yeah. maybe.
4: Oh, I didn't even know she'd been a star for that long. That's no. how much I know
2: oh, about her. No, I- uh, Why are we talking about this?
4: <laughs> back to Barbie. The important stuff.
2: Uh, Barbie was a success. Okay. Hard to argue with that, right? And- where i'm i think i've watched what was the last one i watched the last harry potter i watched was number 5 maybe which would be what
0: um that uh let's see there was a prisoner of azkaban was it the it? half-blood prince the goblet of fire
2: i think it was i think goblet of fire is 4
0: the
4: four. Whisperer's moon i think is number 5 i think
3: after the goblet of fire that you're in the, you're in
4: the, you're in half-blood prince territory i think it might be
2: half-blood prince it was the one, I don't know, spoilers. I'm trying to remember what it was Harry about. Harry Potter it's, and It's the been out
4: long enough. Lit Sanctuary.
2: 5. 5. There was yeah. the girl Order of the ha- Phoenix. Order oh. of the Phoenix. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It was good. <laughs> See, I'm saying this like Harry it was good. Like any everyone's like, yeah, Annie, Harry Potter is good. <laughs> but this is new information for me. And the more this I'm so counterculture, the bigger it gets. The less I want to dive in in the middle and start being a fangirl about something that everybody's been fan fanning out on for some time. I just am like, I got it's not like I have nothing to do. I don't sit down and watch a movie every night. So if I did, I would watch these films. But I don't have that kind of time. And it's not because I'm a highly important person or... That I am, like, in great need to anybody other than the people who I've created. I just have a busy family life, and I'm, it's pretty boring mm. and monotonous, and it's what I've chosen, and it's very fulfilling. I am not missing entertainment that other people have approved collectively to be a cultural popular phenomenon, like Harry Potter, or Die Hard, or Christmas Vacation. These are all films that I've watched right now and I'm trying to catch up. I was laying in bed all day last yesterday. I did not come downstairs from my bedroom until about 7.30 to eat, which is when I finally ate. It was the first time I ate in like two days. And while I was laying in bed and I was awake, I was like, I should watch Barbie. Because my kids, my girls, my older girls, want to watch Barbie. And it's something, it's rated PG-13. Um, I told a story earlier a couple weeks, last week or the week before about showing the kids the Goonies. That freaking movie's rated PG and the first 10 minutes is really pushing on the PG part of it. Yeah. And then the rest of it's fine. So I'm like, okay, what is PG-13? Let me watch it. Let me see. It was a really good movie and I understand 100% why men watch it and are not as entertained by it by w- as women are it the whole movie is about feminism and patriarchy but i think that if you if you just look at it on the surface you could from a conservative place which is where i always come from because i'm incredibly conservative i could see i could look on it and see early on how you'd be like i know exactly how this is going to go but the movie is almost more about ken than it is about barbie almost And it starts out in Barbie Land, where feminism has achieved its ultimate goal, which is women run everything. They're all named Barbie, so it's Barbie President and Barbie Doctor. Yeah, I mean it's very clever. I mean, I I appreciated the humor of it. There's a lot of really good humor that was injected in it. Like it it didn't take itself too seriously in in a particular well uh, way. But the idea is that. Barbie has achieved everything. Barbie can be anything. Because the idea is that you as a girl who was playing with Barbie, you could get any Barbie and adapt to it. Like this is Dr. Barbie, this is nurse Barbie, this is teacher Barbie, whatever. Um, President Barbie, Supreme Court Justice Barbie. (laughs) But the idea of Ken, and I think the phrase that he uses, he's like my only purpose is to find myself in your gaze. So the idea of Ken existing in Barbie land where feminism has taken over completely marginalizes men or Ken to only be purposeful and and have value when Barbie sees him. And in this world, Barbie does not appreciate Ken. So Ken and Barbie and I won't tell you why, because I think this is this is the part that I said made me weep um, and I won't give any ounce of uh, spoiler there because i didn't know it going in and i don't want other people to know it you should you can take my word for it and watch it especially women who are of my age or not but for whatever reason they have to leave barbie world and go to the real world and ken finds out that men rule everything in the real world like he starts seeing so now
4: it's social commentary
2: no you got to see the whole thing okay you got to see the whole thing the truth is is that At the end, what they really realize is that neither one of those ways is functional. And the way they get to the end where I feel like they actually bring this idea of overt feminism as the like postmodern feminism where it's just women everything and men have finally earned their place, which is sub-female, is not a workable model. And, the, and, and, I, you know, you guys might feel a little more attacked in the patriarchy conversation, but I do know what it's like to be a woman who has to kind of work and function in what is traditionally a man's world. And I understand the challenges that come from that. And there are girls who are listening to me right now. There are women who are listening to me right now who know exactly what I'm saying, and they would not refer to themselves as feminists. It is different to be a woman than it is to be a man. Which, ironically, is a conservative thing to say now. <laughs> <laughs> That's Biologically funny. speaking, um, the point of the movie, in my opinion, whether that was what they were pushing to do or not, is to say that there's purpose in in both men there's purpose for both men and women, and that it's important to find that purpose out for yourself. All women aren't the same, all men aren't the same. Um and I just found it to be. A well done movie it made me laugh it made it I had to watch the whole thing to find out what happened next it had it had a thread that goes through the duration of the story that was deep which is the part that got me and uh, I thought it was a good movie there there are times in there where they would say stuff that was kind of like leaning into feminism or patriarchy that Maybe they were saying it because they believed it to be 100% true, but I just thought it was funny. <laughs> like, I wasn't taking That's it seriously. That's kind of what I figured
4: the movie was doing. Is it, it looked like it was intended to be kind of satire.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think that they were trying to make the case that women should rule everything and that men should sit down and shut up. Which I think is what, if you were looking at it at a very shallow drive-by, you would maybe get wind of that and not ever give it a chance. That's not what it is.
4: Yeah, there was there was kind of a conservative backlash against that movie when it came out. Um, but a lot of times, those backlash things, they're almost like knee jerk, and they they're not really. They, they're, it's like big name commentators want to comment on whatever the biggest thing is because you get attention for it. And so there's an industry around that stuff. But I'm wondering if after this, you know, conservative backlash, which I don't even know how really real it was. If in five years the tide turns and then people are like, oh, Barbie, that was too, that was too conservative, you know, because of the gender role thing. It will just be interesting to see how that movie fares.
2: I, I think, I think when art is really good, that it can be something personal to everybody who consumes it. You have to have, you know, certainly there's a message from the artist, but it has to be a little bit open to interpretation. And I mean, I've made an active decision to not let everybody else's cause ruin my day anymore. We'll talk about the NFL when we come back. Oh, okay. It's kind of a current consideration of mine. I'm in and out of it. I don't know, but I don't know. I saw Barbie. I liked it. I told my husband, I don't think that he would enjoy it. Like okay. I, 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 he would, he would watch it with me because he loves me, not because he'd love the movie. Somebody on here says, Veritas says, men watching the Barbie movie is gay. Um, only if you're that insecure in your sexuality. I really want to watch Veritas. it because I
4: want to just watch Barbie Land and the sets. I want to see what the sets look like in Barbie Land. It's they're amazing because that to me is yeah. impressive.
2: Yeah. Well, let's talk more about. Um, these social, social, cultural expectations, especially ones that conservatives have laid out. I know you guys have talked a little about Taylor Swift lately. I haven't had a chance to weigh in. So let's do that in the two o'clock hour. We'll be right back.
0: Get more at 97 one talk.com. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?